The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Countdown to kickoff now. In our countdown to kickoff segment, we really hone in on one team as we lead up to opening night in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills visiting the Los Angeles Rams. So today's team is the Miami Dolphins, and it's going to come down to one man if the Dolphins have success. And that's two attack. Taglavioa, not Tungavailoa, as Rick Ross would say, Taglavioa. He's uh, one of the most talked about players during this training camp because, again, the Miami Dolphins have done everything in their power to make sure this kid is ha- is going to have success this year, right? They, you know, fortified the offensive line. They gave him a big weapon on the outside, and we'll talk about him down the road. But uh, Mike McDaniels, I think, will be really good for Tua. He's the new head coach for the Miami Dolphins. He came over from the San Francisco 49ers where he was the offensive coordinator's coordinator he would really help in that run game and also help to getting the ball out of his hands right because that's what that offense is, is built off of that's Shanahan offense right you run the football and the quarterback has to know where the football is going and once that back foot hits he has to release it now probably one of the biggest you know additions to a team this offseason was Tyreek Hill who the Miami Dolphins traded for now this is a guy that puts the fear of God in defensive coordinators because of his speed his speed Right. He signed a four year deal over one hundred and twenty million dollars. This will be, you know, to his big play weapon on the outside. And you're talking about a team that has speed like good Lord, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, who last year had over 100 catches for a thousand yards and six touchdowns. This guy can get it, too. They also added Cedric Wilson from Ashley Nicole Moss's Cowboys, who's really one of the top slot receivers in the NFL. This guy can get it and run, too. And then at the running back position, you know, Chase Edmonds, a guy that can run. Raheem Mostert, a guy that can really run. So they got tons of speed on this offense. But the biggest thing they had to improve was that offensive line. Because Tua was getting beat up. He had probably the worst offensive line in football last year. So the Dolphins have tried to fortify that offensive line. They brought in Teron Armstead, who was a perennial pro bowler. He's going to be the guy that's at the left tackle. Now, Tua is actually left-handed. So, you know, the right tackle will be his blindside guy. But, you know, having a guy you know, as the left tackle be a stalwart is really good for the Miami Dolphins and for their young quarterback, too. Also, Connor Williams, also from Miami's uh, Dallas Cowboys, who I think has struggled <laughs> in pass protection, had uh, some of the, the most holding calls in the NFL last year. They've actually moved him to center, right? So now he'll be protected on the inside by the two guards. So actually probably a, a really good spot for him. Now, Miami's defense, they bring a lot of pressure, right? They blitz, play in and play out. They like to leave their corners 
on the island. They got really two good outside edge guys, right? And Emmanuel Ogba, who had nine sacks. He had back-to-back nine-sack season. And Jalen Phillips, last year as a rookie, had eight and a half sacks. And I've heard he's looked really good in training camp, and he's coming along quite well. Christian uh, Wilkins is a guy that took a big step for them last year, had four and a half sacks. They took him in the first round a few years ago. Um, to me, they have the best corner in all of football, Xavier Howard, right? This is a guy, man-to-man uh, coverage, can take out any receiver in the league. And they paid Byron Jones a lot of money, too, to be on the other side with him. And Javon Holland at the safety position is a superstar, right? This guy that they took from Oregon, uh, I believe, last year, he's he is a dog at the safety position. So Adam Pacman Jones is the 2022-23 season, the final prove-it season for Tua as quarterback. Of course it is. You know, I wouldn't say um, for Tua, but, like, Mike McDaniels and um, the offensive coordinator, uh, Frank Smith, this is a proven year for you two guys. You know what I mean? Because mm. he got all the tools around him. It's time for you guys to figure out a way to win. And y'all not going to win every game. But far as offensive-wise, you ain't going to get this many tools in your kit. You know what I mean? You, you got enough to rebuild a whole car from what you guys have put together over there. So to me, it's more of a prove it year for Frank Smith and uh, Mike Medanius than more yeah. than for two. Cause two, he can make the plays. He just showed it. Now he, he showed he could throw the ball 65 yards with ease in practice, now, in practice. You know what I'm saying? So now <laughs> it's it, it pra- practice count. We're talking about practice. It, it count when you can throw the ball like that, because <laughs> guess what, dude, if yeah. you have a pocket like that and you're and, right. Come on now, like, don't get it twisted now. I know practice is practice, but if you could throw the ball like that with ease, bro, it shows what you can do. And obviously everybody know what he can do because the receiver's coming out and saying he's more accurate than everybody else he's been with. So I, I don't know. What are they supposed to say, Pac? But no, you know, <laughs> it just – Tyreek came out and said a little bit more than a guy that was joining the team and – saying I love my quarterback. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think Tyreek Hill said uh, way, way more than I just love my quarterback. He even put a little mustard and ketchup on that thing. But at the <laughs> yeah, end of the day, man, Frank Smith and um, McDaniels got to make it happen, if that's my opinion. Yeah, Ashley, I know you, you know you're a Cowboys fan, but you're down here in South Florida. I know you followed the Miami Dolphins. Do you believe yeah. this, this do or die for tour this year? Yeah, but I think it's also contingent on the Dolphins allowing him to make the mistakes necessary as well. Like, if you think about it, Tua's never, when Fitzpatrick was there, was the first, you know, that's the season that sticks out in my mind the most. Tua, anytime he made a mistake, he was benched and Fitz would come into the game. And mm. it doesn't, you don't allow a quarterback to go through a lot of the trials and errors that come with being a rookie, right? And being in the NFL, it's drastically different than college. I feel like Tua in a lot of situations was cheated of that situation. And you could see it. He would sneeze wrong to the bench. Fitz would come in. He would, <laughs> you know what I mean? He was almost playing on eggshells. So while, yes, I think it is a do or die situation for him, I think there also needs to be a little bit room for error because he's never really been given that privilege like other rookie quarterbacks have been given. So I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. Now, obviously, you don't let him go, you know, 0-6, but if he's not perfect on every possession, every drive, it's going to 
you know, you can't bench him. You have to let him yeah. play through it. And that's something that he hasn't really been able to do. So I hope that while expecting him to show that he is the franchise guy, you also allow him to make those quote unquote rookie mistakes that you've kind of robbed him of making. Yeah. Now, Pat, you, you know, you guys were on a, a training camp tour all around, you know, the country. And I believe the guys go out to Miami tomorrow to, to check out the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but you talked about Tyreek Hill earlier, right? And how he's really had Tua's back, talked about how accurate he was. Do you believe that Tyreek Hill can put up the same numbers with Tua as his quarterback, like he did with Mahomes as his quarterback in Kansas City? Um, Actually, he's going to get doubled a lot. But with the guys he have around him, I think he can put up I think he can put up the same numbers or better, actually. It comes yeah, down to what McDaniel and 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 uh Frank does because at the end of the day, they come from the Shanahan offense. So they should have all of the tools to put the guys in the right spot to make the play. You cannot tell me that you've been with Shanahan and you've seen what they got <laughs> with Debo Samuels and all them guys over there, and you got all of this. Yeah. Come on, man. This is he's like, got some firepower over there to he play got with. A lot of firepower power. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And you got sure. two guys, three guys, three guys that can really stretch the field. And For can, sure. And, and I'm just saying, you ain't going to get it no better than this. this. This is the year to figure out how do they put the guys in the right spot. You know uh, Tyreek is going to get double for most part of the game. So you got you to gotta put them in different positions. You got to put them in motion. You got to do a lot of stuff. But they should be well prepared coming from Shanahan. Yeah. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my squad, Ashley Nicole Moss and Adam Pac-Man Jones. We're in our countdown to kickoff segment, and we're highlighting the Miami Dolphins. So, Ashley, I'll ask you this question. Do you trust that Miami's offense has improved enough where they can make a serious run and be a contender for a playoff spot in the AFC? Absolutely. I mean, look at the other teams that they're going against, at least in their division. <laughs> Um, Yo, I, feel, I feel like there's no reason that they shouldn't come out of the top of their division. Well, well you the still Bills? have the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, let me say this then. I forgot the about Patriots? the Patriots. Hold on. Oh, the yeah. Patriots are in shambles. Um, I was I'll give her that. I not. think that's facts. How many the, Patriots, the Patriots are right. in shambles? Um, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> they may, may not come out of their division, but they should easily secure a wild card spot. Well, the AFC is real. If you look at the AFC West. Should be a, I mean, there's so much talent on this offense, and especially with Tyreek Hill now in the midst. Now, look, they did lose a great coach. I was a big fan of Brian Flores. Yeah. Um. You know, so that's going to be interesting to see how McDaniel does in his first year with the team. Mm. Um. But I think that, listen, he comes from the 49ers. They did a lot with a little, and by a little, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not like a star <laughs> quarterback. But they had him People do, be hating on Jimmy. Hold on. They had him do just enough to make sure that that offense won games. And I think that if he can bring even a fraction of that to the Miami's offense, I think this is going to be a team you definitely look out for. And also the Dolphins have a are a little bit tricky because they start getting hot at the, just the right moment. They may start off a little slow, but we've seen them catch fire just when they need to catch fire the most. So it's going to be interesting. I think, obviously, the leaders of that division, Bills and, and Dolphins, because the other two are no shade, but, you know. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting what happened, because you, you talked about, right, Brian Flores had his team really down the stretch the last two yeah. years, playing some top fo top football now. Mike McDaniel, we'll see what type of leader of men he is. I, I mean, I was coached, not coached by him, because he was on the offensive side, um, his first year in San Francisco, he's a great offensive mind guy, especially when it comes to the run game. He really knows how to exploit 
you know, and take advantage of defenses. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, Brian Flores is more of a defensive minded coach and that's why that Miami's defense was always good. We'll see if they, their defense takes a hit because Brian Florence Flores is going And to answer the question I just asked you. Um, I think they can potentially, you know, you know, fight for a playoff spot. The biggest question is the offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Did they do enough, right? When it comes to Tehran Armstead and can Connor Williams hold up at the center position for them to protect to it? Cause that was a big issue for them the last couple of years. Like they've had one of the worst offensive lines in football. And right now they're still in the camp battle to, to see who's going to start at two of the other spots. So that's, you know, that's a little shaky, especially going into the second week. You know how that is, Pat, going to the second week of preseason games. Like, you kind of want to have your offensive line solidified by then. Who's going to be the starter? Who's going to be protecting your quarterback? And they're still in some camp battles there. So, I mean, I think if the offensive line can can stay together, be good enough where these, you know, two can stay upright, then I think they have a chance to potentially, you know, make a run at the playoffs. And that goes into – you know, the question I asked you, Pack, and I kind of answer it for me, but you can answer it. What do you think is Miami's biggest weakness going into week one? Well, to me, week one is going to – the biggest weakness is going to be the coaching because they play, they play against the New England Patriots <laughs> week one. So, all right, let's, let's, let's just do this. First 10 games, all right? They play against the Patriots first game. Well, yeah. 50-50 game, great coaching's over there with the Patriots. Patriots always struggle in Miami, though. Athletic and talent-wise, Miami should win that game. Baltimore, at Baltimore, they will not win. Bills versus uh, 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 Miami, I don't think they'll win that game. Uh, Thursday night versus Cincinnati at Cincinnati, they won't win that game. They're going to whoop your Bengals. They will probably beat New York Jets, your team. Yeah, all right. At the Jets. Minnesota, (laughs) they should win that game. Pittsburgh, I think they win that game. Detroit. They win Chicago. They win. I got them Damn, five. Listen, and, they, I, I got them say, five the and five. <laughs> I got them five and five at week ten before the bye. So they got to do. I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be hard. Like it's gonna be hard because I don't know if they can click right off the top. You know how hard it, it's different yeah. between preseason and 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 regular season when we ain't doing no disguise and and what the game is now. Nobody played preseason really. Like I was surprised um, that some of the guys. A lot, played, of, a lot of teams did this year though. I don't know why. Bengals didn't play 9-1 of them. Yeah. One of them. I was surprised. Like, Mahomes and them played in the first preseason game. I was surprised about that. Well, they got a new lot of uh, – they got a lot of new pieces to the puzzle, so I can yeah, understand it. a whole bunch of and, new receivers. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, they playing for Big Fella. Big Fella, you know, you know how he is over there. He's yeah, the best right. of the best. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, actually, I'll ask you this question. Who do you think is the most important uh, person for the Miami Dolphins, most important piece – for the Dolphins to have success, I think you answered it earlier, but go ahead. Like, I think it's a combination of Tua okay. and Mike McDaniel. I think it's mm. going to see how that marriage works, um, how he can go ahead and, you know, um, highlight Tua's strengths and also minimize his weaknesses while he's going through the motions. Like I said before, he wasn't really awarded the same privileges as a lot of rookies to make mistakes. Who knows where he would be as a quarterback had he give, had he been given that opportunity. Um, So you're not going to get a perfect quarterback. You're not going to get a quarterback who's learned from his mistakes. He's going to be making them in real time. But how do you minimize them um, so that they're not affecting the game and costing you wins and losses? And I think that's McDaniel's job as a head coach 
is to figure out that perfect formula to allow him to go through what he needs to go through and also making sure that you're utilizing the weapons you have and those weapons are winning you games. So it's going to be the marriage between the two of them. And, you know, I'm interested to see what that looks like because their their success is contingent on each other. And if it doesn't work out the way that um, people hope it works out, both of them are going to be getting the looks. So, yeah. Pat, what do you think is the most important piece for the Miami Dolphins that have success this year? Okay, besides the coaches, um, mm, Felix, if they put him in the right position, he got to make sure he deliver. Come on, Tua. Yeah, Tua got Tua mm-hmm. got to make sure he delivered if he's in the right position. We already said what the coaches got to do, but Shane be to Tua if it come week ten and guys are running wide open and we are not making the right throws. But me personally, I've watched them. Um, I ha- I didn't get a chance to go and see them in person, but we've been watching a lot of film. We've got clips of all the coaches' film. Um, he looks he's very smart first of all he come from an Alabama background so you know he's smart and he's in real time so the time and the pressure I don't think that'll bother him at all man um he just got to make the throws that that he need to make and don't force nothing the other week I mean the other day when he played he, he took what was there and um he looked pretty decent to me yeah uh to me I mean two was the obvious answer right but I, I gotta go back to the O-line man like, I think a lot is going to be determined on the O-line because, uh, Pac, we talked about this, right, and people got to understand. Like, with Mike McDaniels, they're going to run the damn football, right? Yes. So it depends on this O-line. Can And that zone scheme and that stretch scheme, uh, stretch scheme, can they open up enough holes where the running back can make one cut, get downhill, and get north and south, right? Are they able to move defensive linemen off the line of scrimmage and be athletic enough to get to the next level. Cause you know, with them, the stretch scheme, like you got to have athletic offensive linemen that can run. Like they got to be able to run and zone and stretch to cut guys off and, and to reach guys on the front side. So that's what it's going to come down to me that the offensive line. And then when they do decide to drop back now, they're not going to, you know, make a big point or emphasis on just dropping back five, seven yard, you know, seven step drops, right? It's going to be run some heavy play action pass, take a few shots, but they're going to really want to dink and dunk and move the ball methodically down the field. That's how this offense is built, right? So can this offensive line hold up for Tua and the running backs, not just Tua, Tunga, uh, not just for Tua, but for the running backs as well? Can they hold up? I think that's going to be the biggest question for Miami now. Adam Pac-Man Jones, you were going through the schedule, right? Yeah. And you said the first 10 are going to go five and five. But how do you think they finish off the season? What will be their record this season, the Miami Dolphins? Mm, it's hard, man. Um, it's a lot of good football teams that's, that's, that's over there on that side. But I think they make playoffs. Um, you think they make it? But what would be their record? You know, especially in the AFC, it's going to be tough this year. It is. Uh, if I had to pick. Mm. Hold 11 to 6, at, 10 to 7. Hold on, I'm looking at the last. <laughs> they still got the Packers right. and Chargers and Chargers. 49ers down the stretch. They got the Buffalo. They got again. a gauntlet got down the Green stretch. Bay. They got Green Bay when well, they play. Uh, they play in Miami. Miami so that don't they do got to go to Buffalo late. They got to go to New England late. And then they got to go to the West Coast back to back 49ers mm. and Chargers. Nine and nine, man. No. Well, I mean, it's only 17, so you're nine I'm and eight. That's nine, nine and eight. eight. Say, do you yeah. think that gets you into the playoffs? No, I don't. That's what I, I got them at nine and eight this ma- year. I don't think I don't, they make it. I don't think you don't they think make they make it. it? I got them at nine and eight. I don't think that's nine enough wins eight. in the AFC this year. Nah. What do you think, Ash? I think if they do make it, it's wild card. 
I don't think they're going to yeah. obviously, I don't think they're going to take the division. Um, Obviously that's going to, I feel like that's going to go to the bills. I don't feel like that's a wild take, mm. but I think that there's um depending on how they start, how they finish or yeah, I think it's more important how they finish versus how they start. Because a lot of teams have to win ten or eleven games. Yeah, I feel like a lot of teams are going to be rusty. But I I think the wild card is a legitimate. Is a legitimate. They would have to go at least ten and seven, bare minimum. Ten and seven, like at the least. Yeah, and that might that still might not do it. (laughs) It still might, but I think that if there's any chance for them to get into the playoffs, it's going to be via the wild card. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We'll see what happens. Can Tua take that next step? Is Mike McDaniel's the quarterback whisperer and can get Tua? to be a franchise quarterback. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Washington Commanders President Jason Wright is taken up for his quarterback, Carson Wentz. Now, Wright decided on Friday to publicly chastise a reporter who asked a couple of blunt questions, but to me, they were fair questions, to quarterback Carson Wentz. Now, on Saturday, before the team's preseason opener, Wright vowed to do it again. This is what Wright uh, said. He said, it was appropriate to defend our guy and stand up for our team in a direct and equivalent way. I think the big thing that you will see me doing more often is making sure that we are treating each other in a more up and ups way. I think we've done enough work over the last two years on building a healthy culture within the organization and an honest way of working with y'all talking about the reporters that we can take plenty of criticism, but it needs to be done respectfully. Now, the questions that were asked of Carson Wentz, again, to me, they were blunt. But they were fair. Here were the two questions. There's been kind of a narrative out there in training camp that you've been a little inaccurate on your throws. Consistently inconsistent has been a kind of a terminology. How would you assess your performance in training camp? Is that a characterization fair? Is that characterization fair? That was the first question. Here's the next question. He goes, Carson, real talk. It's been well documented. Philly didn't want you. Andy didn't want you. Do you think this is your last chance to prove that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, Wright still didn't like that, and he decided to take the issue to social media. This is what he said after that reporter asked those questions. He said, thankfully, Carson demonstrated grace and class and response 
to this pompous, unprofessional mess. I recognize you have made a living on childlike provocations, but it needs to be called out. Don't expect special access and good luck building rapport with the guys. Now, I have an issue with that tweet. So if somebody doesn't ask your players a question that you agree with, they're not getting quote-unquote you know, special treatment. So you're not going to allow people in the building that don't ask the hard-hitting questions you know, uh, that's not right, first and foremost, as a media, even though I'm in the new media, like, that's BS. Like, this is what we signed up for. And, and Adam Pac-Man Jones can attest to this. Like, we don't always get asked the, the easy questions, right? That's not real life. So right. I'll ask you this first, Adam Pac-Man Jones. Is Jason Wright in the right, pun intended, going after the media to defend his players? Um, mm, Numbers don't lie. This is what I can say. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear him say... I didn't hear him say anything about him personally. It's talking about the reporter. Yeah, the reporter. I, I yeah. didn't hear nothing in there personally about his home life. What he doing? All is he studying enough? He asked them simple questions. And for the records, he never explains why he asked the questions. You know what I mean? He damn near got sixty interceptions over six years. That's ten interceptions a year. <laughs> uh, you can go to his numbers. There uh, are they good numbers? They're decent, you know. Um, but he don't turn the ball over, but he don't make the throws to win the game. Mm. Was it harsh? Yes, it was. Um, was it though? I, no, I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. To me, it wasn't. But I'm just saying, yeah. if you're looking outside in, I'm definitely on the reporter side when it comes to this. But looking outside in, it does sound kind of harsh. Yes, a little harsh, I but guess. If you're not used you to go, that type of life, anybody <laughs> that know football and go Google. Wins, numbers, records, wins, loss, it speaks for itself. That's why he answered the question. I asked the questions that he asked. Yeah. And I do not think he was wrong for asking the questions. But do you think Jason Wright was right in sticking up for and defending his players? I'm saying that as a head coach, you got to do what you got to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, But he knows he know the answer. But, you know what I mean? His job is to get him in a good situation, I guess. But he know the answer, man. Come on. Yeah, Ashley, what do, you, what do you think about Jason Wright, the team president for the Washington Commanders, uh, sticking up for Carson Wentz? And then also, do you believe those were actually, you know, too rough or blunt of questions to, to ask Carson Wentz? No, I feel like it, I feel like it's it's the right space to do so. I mean, it's training camp. These are questions that are going to um, give more insight to the changes and the tra the changes he's made as a quarterback, how those changes are going to affect the team. Also, you know, you're going to have to revisit things he wasn't good at, you know, looking forward towards the future of the commanders, you know, being the quarterback of this team. There's a lot of nuisances, you know, that are open for discussion in this environment. It's training camp. You're trying to figure out what this team is going to look like come the regular season. So I'm not upset with, you know, the coach doing what coaches do and, and, defending his players but you also can't get upset at the media for doing their mm. job you know two things can be true at the same time I feel like this is different than you know and I was critical of you know the uproar about or the outrage rather about um you know the media not being invited to Jalen Brunson's uh player introduction for the New York Knicks I felt like you know the 
outrage was a little bit unwarranted because that wasn't the environment to ask him questions. This was a player being introduced to the city. This wasn't a time to ask him about tampering. This wasn't a time to ask him about Donovan Mitchell. This was solely about Mm. him being introduced to a team. So in that instance, I was pro team, pro player for defending their guy because that wasn't the moment in time where he needed to be bombarded with questions. This is a different situation. This is predominantly the reason training camp pressers exist so you can ask questions about the team where the team's going and reflect on where they've been not only as a unit but as individuals so had this been a different environment like say had it been a charity event for the commanders and they were Mm -hmm. asking him these questions i would say completely in the wrong but this couldn't have been a more perfect situation for this reporter to do his job i think it's a little bit of hypersensitivity because he's pointing out his flaws But in order to move on from the flaws, you have to acknowledge them. So I get both sides, but the reporter simply was doing his job. So, yeah, Yeah, this is why I say I I usually never take the side of the the reporter or media. Because, again, I played 10 years in this game and some people do ask some crazy questions. Those were not crazy questions. Now, you may not have liked how he worded the questions. Right. But they were factual questions. Right. Philadelphia didn't want you. They traded you to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, where your offensive coordinator and, and quarterbacks coach was, Frank Wright. They didn't want you after one year. They traded you again to the Washington Commanders. So those are actual questions. Like, And we've had this discussion already. I think we talked about it on our countdown to kickoff when we did the Washington Commanders. I believe this is the last year Carson Wentz will truly be giving a starting you know, quarterback job. I think he'll have to earn it from now on. This will be the last year they truly just roll out the red carpet and give it to him and say, hey, you're the starter now. Right. So I don't think that question was wrong. But to Ashley's point, right, both can can be right. Right. I think Jason, right, I think it's, it's kind of dope that your team president, you know, went to bat for you and wanted to stick up for you. I don't agree with him saying, you know, not giving certain reporters, you know, special treatment because they, they ask a question that you thought was blunt and too tough. Like that's BS. Right. To Ashley's point, this media guy has to do his job. And usually I'm never on the side of the media, even though I'm part of the new media. But like that to me, those were just regular questions like you can't be upset that a guy is trying to do his job. And again, Ashley said it, this is a training camp session. They they were talking about things that he was doing on the field. Supposedly he was inaccurate, right? So that's talking about his performance on the field. To Adam Packman's point, it wasn't personal. They didn't attack him. Now, you may say somebody attacked you because they said, you know, Philly didn't want you, Indy didn't want you. But the trade value that they traded for away for you proves that they really didn't want you, right? Because they didn't get a first-round pick in return. So, like, it kind of proved that they didn't want you. They were trying to get whatever they could get in compensation when they sent you on. So, yeah, granted, some people might say that was harsh the way he framed the question, but it was facts, everything he was speaking. So, it'll be interesting to see going forward, will, you know, Jason Wright keep this stands up when it comes to protecting the players and how he deals with the media when it comes to the Washington Commanders. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. Sirius. 
Sirius XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 